Have your boarding passes ready. Take a seat by the window and recline your chair. The mothership is about to take flight. We will go behind the scenes of the Poetic Earthlings podcast and discover the creative process at work. Each show is unscripted, candid, and will equip you with the resources you need to be a creative earthling. Say goodbye to your conventional way of thinking and your three-dimensional reality. Here is your captain, York Campbell. My podcast almost single-handedly destroyed my marriage. It was last year we moved into our new place. It wasn't what we wanted it to be. We were living in one place. We had to move from there. We were homeowners at the time. Things happened financially, so we couldn't afford to live there anymore. So we moved into a rental. This rental unit, it was a bit of a dive. It needed a lot of work. For example, the stove looked like it was one of those 1970-style stoves. It was nasty-looking. The AC, what they called an AC, was pretty much broken. The washer and dryer unit was dirty. It looked like it hasn't been cleaned for years. The carpet was putrid. The walls were stained. The air quality was thick. When we moved in, I looked on the good side of things. That's what I did. I looked on the good side. I said, well, yeah, it has all of these failings, but hey, you know what? It's kind of roomy. My wife wasn't having it. She focused on all of the negative things. Can't really blame her. Our landlords at the time, they were something out of a really bad sitcom. They didn't really give a crap of how we felt in that place. They kept on making excuses for it, not really wanting to help out. And what did I do at the time? Well, because I'm a writer and a podcaster, I found a room. I said, hey, honey, this has a walk-in closet, a walk-in closet. I could set up my studio in there, but I didn't know that my wife was suffering at the time. All of the setbacks, the 1970s-style stove, the putrid carpet, the stained walls, was driving her crazy. For me, it was only adding stories. Everything in that place, I said, hey, this is a good idea for a new poem. This is a good idea for a new story. I felt elated, overjoyed, the complete opposite of my wife. Now, this episode is called How to Destroy Your Relationships in Three Easy Steps. If you are a creator, a writer, producer, and you want to really destroy your relationships, then listen to this. Number yeah. Feed the Gorilla. Creating art is sort of like feeding a gorilla. I was doing my homework before I hit the record button. A gorilla needs a lot of food to survive. They eat a lot. Their lifespan is short, like 35 years for a gorilla. 
they're massive creatures. You keep on feeding a gorilla, you have to keep at it. It's, it's a huge task. They never stop eating. Kind of like our artwork. We have to keep on feeding it. If you are into writing stories, then you have to keep on feeding. If you don't feed your art, it will starve to death. That is very true. Now, I remember this one time. A friend of mine wanted me to join a multi-level marketing company. I was a little bit put off on these things. I've dealt with multi-level marketing companies in the past. But I gave him a listen because, well, he's my friend. I known him for, for many years. He's not going to steer me wrong. I was taking the bus at the time, and he was driving in as Mercedes-Benz. I got to listen to him, I guess. He's driving a Benz, and I'm taking the bus. This seems to be working out for him. So I got together with him a couple of times, and we talked. He got me enrolled in the business. He told me all the money that I can make and how this will go towards my future for Elijah, my son, and will help benefit my entire family. Of course, it was enticing. I wasn't making a lot of money at the time, so any little bit of help will go a long way. Show me the money. I started up the business. I had to buy into it. It's one of these type of businesses that, that you have to buy the products in order to, to start it. That was fine. I did. Why not? I put my signature on the dotted line. I got the products. And then he wanted me to write out a list of about, I think at the time, 70, 80 people that I could contact. Now, this list of 70 or 80 people is friends and family members. Some I haven't seen for eons. But he encouraged me to write the list and contact them to get them to join the company. This was awkward. I called people out of the blue. And they said, hey, York, we haven't heard from you in a long time. And then I felt really, really disgusting. Really, I did. It bothered my conscience because the only reason that, I, that I'm calling these people is to get them enrolled. And then he wanted me to go to California. I live in Ottawa, Canada. California is like another universe. I don't travel. I hardly go anywhere. He said, in order to make it big in the company, you have to go to the conference. I thought about it for a while, spoke to my wife. Again, I know this guy. He's not a stranger. I take the bus and he drives a Benz. So I said yes. He said to me that when we go to California, I'm going to be in a hotel, all paid for, all paid for, in a really, really nice hotel. He kind of sweetened the deal. I had to buy my plane ticket and everything else, but at least the hotel was taken care of, I thought. So I got to California, never been there before. In fact, I've never been anywhere. It was a motel, not the hotel that he promised. This motel was germ-infested. The washroom, if they could call it a washroom, he didn't want to go in there. He didn't want to shower. He didn't want to touch the floor. It was awful. What happened to the hotel, I thought. He kind of explained here and there, sort of made sense. And I said, okay, you know what, I'm just going to let that go. I didn't get the hotel, but hey, I'm here in California. There's a conference at, I think they call it the, the Staples Center. So I make the best of it. 
I went to the Staples Center. There's thousands of people just like me wanting to get out of the rat hole of this world and, and make a lot of money. They showed me photos of people on yachts in front of expensive cars with their shiny children and shiny wife and husband and, and all their vacations that they've been on. People came up on stage one at a time looking like star athletes, looking like movie stars. The place was like a combination of a Billy Graham crusade and a rock concert. It was jovial and almost weirdly spiritual. Each person on the stage spoke about how they made it big, how they got their riches, how they went from a stage zero, like myself in the audience, to an A-plus seller. They showed you on stage and demonstrated tips and tricks of the business. I was kind of hooked in, but still skeptical. After the conference, I got together with some of them over the phone. We were situated in groups. My group leader, this was at a conference call, my group leader said that the only way to make it in this business is to sacrifice, small sacrifices. She said that she has to sacrifice her children for the sake of the company. Her children wanted to do, go to the Disney World and, and wanted her to be more at home with them. But she said on the conference call that she had to say no to them. She had to sacrifice her children. That was a warning sign. I'll get to warning signs later. But then I said to myself, all of this sacrifice, I understand how money works and that we need money. Is it worth it? This relates for me with the podcast and writing stories. I could continue to feed the gorilla. The, the gorilla is never satisfied. While at the same time I'm feeding it, my wife is starved. My son is starved for my attention, for my affection, for my love. We could feed the gorilla all we want. But keep in mind, as you're doing that, there's other people that need our attention as well. Artists could really fall prey to this. Their art form could take over their life. It could suck the life energy from them. So that's all that they're doing. They're chained to it. I don't want to be chained to my writing. I don't want to be chained to even this podcast. I know how that feels like. I don't want to be like that anymore. I suggest that you think about that as well. Are you chained to your gorilla? Step number two. Ignoring the warning signs. There's always warning signs all the time. I remember when I used to have my little Kia. That's my, my, my first car. But when I had my Kia, I didn't really pay much attention at times on the road. I got involved in a couple of different accidents. One time I fell asleep at the wheel, almost ran into the, the traffic island. Another time my car slipped in on the ice, almost landed upside down. There's this one time, actually two times that happened to me. One time in particular I was driving and there wasn't a lot of snow outside. By the way, Ottawa gets very, very, very cold. Even if there's not a lot of snow, there's, there's black ice on the road. 
can't see it. Your car just starts sliding. So I was driving, not looking out for the warning signs of the black ice. I said, well, I don't see the snow. Yeah, it's a little bit cold outside, but I could drive. I drive on this road all the time. So I started driving. I wasn't slowing down at all, just doing my thing. And then I felt the car started to slide left and right. And so I slammed on the brakes, but that wasn't any good. When it's black ice and you slam on the brakes, that's, it's like the brakes is not doing anything. The brakes was just laughing at me. So my car slid right into the ditch. When they say that you could see your life flashing before your eyes, well, that is definitely true. I've had a couple of those situations in my life, and this was one of them. My car slid and almost turned upside down. But what did I do? Well, I survived it, but there was warning signs. There's also warning signs as you, as an artist, that your art is overtaking your life. You're not in balance. You're not in sync. It's become an idol, an addiction. For me, I have, I guess what they call an addictive personality. If I like something or someone or whatever that is, I'm head over heels in that. It feels like I can't get enough of it. It's okay to be passionate about what you like and your interest. But when it's the only thing you think about, then you know, that's a sign that you should take it easy. Your relationships are more important than your art. They really are. There are some people that say the only way to make it as a writer, as a poet, as an artist, whatever art form you're into, is to sacrifice. And they say that the famous people, they are the ones that throw away relationships. They say that the really popular famous people like Einstein and other people as well, they did it all by themselves. They made the sacrifice. And if you want to make it big, you need to do that as well. That's what I heard. Even recently I heard this. I think that's ridiculous. I don't think you have to get rid of your family and friends in order to make it big. If that's what making it big is, I don't want to to have any part involved in that. If it means that my wife and my son is going to be less. They need to be more. My art needs to be less. Sometimes I struggle with that. Sometimes I elevate my art to such a level that I can't see anything else. But if I continue on that road, I will definitely destroy my relationships, and so would you. So don't ignore the warning signs. They're there. Sometimes they're small, but they are there. Step number Fortress of Solitude Superman is my all-time favorite superhero. I mean, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another... You may have your favorite. My favorite is always Superman. 
But one thing about Superman is that he had what what they call a fortress of solitude. I've never heard Superman say, I'm going to go to my fortress of solitude. That's what everyone calls his house, his getaway place. If you're not a, a huge Superman fan like, like I am, his fortress is in the North Pole. It's formed by a crystal from his planet. He throws this crystal and it transforms into this incredible, incredible structure. It looks like it's all made of ice, but it's really made of crystals. And sometimes he goes there when he wants to, I guess, probably get away from Metropolis. And he's all by himself. There's a bedroom and there's room there for him to walk around. There's even crystals that he could put into this machine that would show him events and history from his homeland. Some of us, we like to have our fortress of solitude. Sometimes these things are necessary. Our Zen moments, as I like to call it at times. My Zen moment is when I'm in the shower, where I, I just, I'm by myself with my thoughts, and I can think more creatively about stories. A lot of my ideas actually are when I'm in the shower. I think about new adventures of what I want to write or different podcasts I like to do. If it wasn't for those moments, I probably wouldn't write all that effective. We need our fortress of solitude. We need our alone time where it's just us and our thoughts, no one else. That we could listen and grow and write and paint and just do our thing. It's absolutely essential. The only thing is that when we go there way too often, we check out. I've checked out before where my wife and my son and people that I know and love are right in front of me, but I'm just thinking about stories. That's me. I'm always thinking about stories. And I can be speaking to them face to face. But my mind is a hundred miles away in a new story idea. Are you like this? Do you check out sometimes? Mentally go to your fortress of solitude all by yourself? That's pretty dangerous. I wouldn't recommend that at all. It's good to have balance. It's hard to, but it's good to have balance. Not just good, it's essential to have balance. Because if you don't, your relationships, they're going to crash. And you're going to crash as well. We need our relationships. We don't need to continue to be in our fortress of solitude. That's the worst predicament that you could be in. Because when you're in that, and you're always in that, then people are not going to relate to you. No, they won't be able to get into your world into your headspace. That's probably the last nail in the coffin of your of any relationship because you're you're excommunicating yourself. You're in your own bubble, your own world. These are three easy steps to destroy your relationship. Step number yeah. feed the gorilla. Step number two ignoring the warning signs. Step number three, Fortress of Solitude. If you commit to these three easy steps, I guarantee you, you'll destroy your relationships. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't done so already, tell other people about the main show, Poetic Earthlings. 
Once again, this is York, south of the 49th parallel. I'll talk to you soon.